Welcome to ICA Podcast 9. The goal of ICA Podcast 9 is to provide insightful information about the industry to members and non-members of Intercoiffure America Canada, the voice for salon owners. Each week we'll bring business, educational and inspirational topics to aid anyone with ties to the beauty industry. We will have a revolving series of hosts pulling from industry leaders as hosts and guests to keep things lively and interesting and make you wonder what's coming next. Now, here's this week's edition of ICA Podcast 9. I want to thank everybody for uh, joining us on this podcast, uh, Intercoffee America Canada, and I am Sheila Wilson, the president of Intercoffee, and it is my pleasure to have a wonderful person who's so dedicated to not only the beauty industry, but to all of the wonderful things that we need to do and change to make this world a better place. And so, Craig, I would like to welcome you to uh, Intercoffee podcast and say thank you for being a manufacturer partner and for all the things that you do uh, that's making beauty more beautiful. So I would like for you to enter, tell everybody who you are and what you do and um, just about your journey. Sure, absolutely. Well, I'm Greg Starkman. I'm the founder, creator, and CEO of InnerSense Organic Beauty. Uh, we are a 17-year-old brand, uh, and uh, what's unique about our story and our journey, uh, the brand was actually founded by my wife and I. We're both salon stylists. Uh, we both have parallel journeys in the beauty industry and met and fell in love in the beauty industry. Uh, it was about 12 years uh, in my career that I fell in love with educating and inspiring and had an opportunity to evolve from behind the chair onto the professional ranks uh, in big beauty where I worked in a, a number of facets, uh, education, sales, marketing, product development for some of the largest brands uh, in the industry and became you know, really enamored with product development and ingredients and more importantly, cosmetic chemistry, which is really fascinating to me. And a parallel path, Joanne uh, was a salon stylist. And of course, we, as I said, met and fell in love in the beauty industry, started a family. Uh, and it was two years after our daughter was born um, that Morgan was diagnosed with a rare genetic disability. And it was just through that experience, Joanne wanting to really dive into being healthy and really making sure that our daughter was raised in the healthiest environment. And of course, the family that she became an avid label reader and, um, you know, everything was about organic lifestyle. Uh, and it was through that that she became really much more educated to the ingredients that are found in the, the very products that we work with every single day and became very concerned about, um, you know, what she was self-educating herself to uh, at, with regards to the ingredients. And um, at a parallel path, um, this is kind of going back to the 90s where the EU began to establish some very stringent cosmetic standards uh, and pushing through uh, the elimination of over 3,600 commonly used cosmetic ingredients and really driving what we called um, cosmetic directives uh, to brands and forcing a lot of brands globally to rethink how they formulated. 
Some companies really well embraced it. Other companies were very resistant to it. But along that path, I also, at the same time, became fairly enamored with the safe cosmetics movement and more importantly, um, green chemistry and wanted to really uh, become very much involved in that. And um, through that experience, both Joanne and I recognized that there was a whole movement towards what we called safe cosmetics at the time. It was not only eliminating ingredients like parabens, silicones, sulfates, but it was just a whole uh, laundry list of ingredients beyond those three ingredients uh, that we also really fo focused on developing products uh, that really um, would adapt to this emerging consumer trend uh, to safe cosmetics. And mind you, while there was a lot of products uh, in the natural products arena, uh, and while they might have had nice formulas, they just weren't efficacious. They just didn't perform. And that's where Joanne and I really kind of put on our stylist hats and just recognize that it doesn't matter how safe and clean and, and healthy a product is. If it doesn't perform, you're not going to get, you're not going to find a consumer. And so really uh, everything that we do from that, from that, from that point forward was really formulating to a performance level that met the expectations of the salon professional, as well as the very savvy consumer who was beginning to understand about cosmetics and ingredients, and more importantly, still had a high expectation for product performance and product safety. So that was really kind of the journey. And mind you, uh, Sheila, it took us four years to formulate before we ever came to marketplace. So, you know, as we were just having a really nice chat about wine, it was also understanding about how to curate ingredients and how not only to curate them, but then how to process them to ensure that you are maintaining the pure efficacies, the full richness of that ingredient that it brings into the formula without exposing it to commonly used uh, uh, commercial processes that expose them to ethylene oxides, formaldehydes, uh, all those types of ingredients or ingredients that are commercially processed that are exposed to adulteration or what we call lacing. So there's a lot of tricks and, and, and uh, you know, uh, tricks that go on. But with that being said, we really focused on really working with ingredients that were pure, safe, and efficacious that delivered really great performance value with a mission to eliminate toxic-based ingredients that were very much commonly found in beauty products that uh, have a, a, a real high suspect rate of causing health issues, especially among beauty professionals that are exposed to these types of ingredients at a level of 10 to 20% higher than the average consumer. So a lot of data to dive into, but I think that it goes beyond parabens, sulfates, you know, it's also about eliminating the use of MEAs, DEAs, EDTAs, PEGs, uh, as well as a full um, portfolio of cosmetic ingredients that we've become very accustomed to, and that's resins, silicones, plasticizers, microplastics, 
while these types of ingredients might have great performance on the hair shaft, is all they are is cationic-based ingredients that just really leach or latch onto the hair shaft and ultimately really uh, restrict natural moisture hydration or any type of penetration to the hair shaft, creating a barrier that ultimately does create and compromise hair health and integrity. So by eliminating those types of ingredients, we needed to focus on natural healthy ingredients that delivered the type of performance, focusing on bringing hydration uh, into the hair shaft uh, to really help build it from the inside out and then relied on and still rely on sucrose, polyens, um, honey-based ingredients that provide fixative, natural shine, natural uh, you know, uh, emolliencies to the product to provide um, you know, fixative benefits within our styling products. And then of course, rich, pure ingredients uh, that are found in our shampoos and conditioners. So with that being said, that's kind of a uniqueness of our mission that got us here. But I think that what's really been fascinating over this last 17 years, as I've been sharing with you so passionately, is that, you know, there's just been this huge, long runway and emerging trend as consumers have become more and more self-educated to ingredients in cosmetics and really the safe cosmetics or the clean cosmetics a, a consumer movement has really been something that's been there for the last, I want to say 15 years, but has really exploded in the last five years. And, uh, you know, we have so many of your members who are beginning to recognize this trend trend because their consumers are self-educating them too, right? They're educating them to this. And that's really uh, what's really been fascinating for us is to see you know, consumers really uh, becoming much more of a, an advocate and then beauty and wellness professionals really becoming self-educated as well and beginning not to read the beautiful front label, but be able to basically turn over and be able to read the back label and really begin to make some intelligent business decisions or choices with the types of products that they're utilizing and the types of ingredients they also want to uh, eliminate uh, in their everyday use. I can talk forever. But no, anyway. I love it. I love it. You know, you, uh, your passion and, and your knowledge of it. And, mm -hmm. you know, we've talked about this before. I just don't think that um, one of, that enough of the people in the business understand how important it is to know more about the labels and more about the back end of the product. Yes, we can actually sell the results, but there's so much more to it because, you know, the results is long term rather than just walking out looking with a pretty head of hair, but what's it doing to our environment? What's it doing to the person's health? And right. so I think that one of the things I want to ask you um, to sort of uh, talk on is containers, because, you know, so many times, you know, we, we, we read the, lab, the labels and the ingredients seem fine, but then you look at the container and you're going, ooh, this isn't a really good container because I know what it's made out of. And the consumer is bringing that awareness to salon owners more than the salon owners are understanding the importance of knowing exactly how everything from the, the product, the actual raw product to the manufacturing part of it, to putting it in the right container and then also the shelf life of it. So can you right. sort of 
elaborate on that a little bit because obviously you're so yeah. amazing. <laughs> right. Thank you. Yeah, packaging is probably one of the most challenging, uh, you know, so, you know, matters or issues that we all all brands face today. Uh, is is packaging and the choices that you make within packaging, and of course. Consumer consumers want to see uh, brands move away from plastics, but I think at the same time too, the choices are fairly limited, right? In our industry, especially in hair care, you know, you have aluminum as an option, uh, but it has its inherent problems. You have glass, which is an option, but that has its inherent problems as well. It's a, it, it it really is a huge safety issue, right? Uh, right. You know, I mean, there's nothing prettier than a glass bottle breaking on the shower floor. So, uh, uh, and then, you know, there's there's um, carbon footprint, energy and costs involved in that. Plastic, you know, plastic is probably one of the most readily recyclable materials, but then there's a supply chain issue with that, uh, that, you know, uh, is, is evolving, right? Um, a lot of brands use plastics because, right, it, it, it survives, uh, a lot of, of supply chain movement, right? Uh, right. Because of how it gets from the, the, the supply chain to the manufacturing to distribution into your shelf on the salon. I mean, how many times have you been unpacking a box and dropping a bottle, right? So, you know, there's all those, those challenges. But I think it's the choices that brands are making today with regards to uh, their sustainability issue, their commitments, and really the choices that they're using in those materials. You know, plastics, uh, of course, we know has an inherent issue, but I think if a brand is fully committed to ensuring full circularity within their choices, in other words, like, are they utilizing PCR materials? Are they utilizing 25, 50, 65, 100% PCR materials? These are materials that have been fully recycled uh, in, and then are they participating in sustainability issues that create offsets that in a sense, we made a commitment five years ago to capture five years of our pl past plastic output. Uh, and then annually um, through our partnership through repurpose, we fund capturing 125% of our annual output. Um, two years ago, we eliminated the use of all version plastics and we went to 100% um, PCR plastics as well. So we're creating offsets that that really make what we do a very circular um, uh, commitment. And we're continuing to expand on that. And I have to say kudos to the beauty industry because there's many brands mid and large size that are definitely putting forth tremendous efforts and commitments uh, and putting a lot of pressure on industry to come up with newer, more sustainable materials um, that help bring um, products to market safely and that also help promote uh, circular economies as well. And so I think that that's one of the big things that the beauty industry has really stepped up and responded to. But we've got a long way to go. Uh, and, you know, that's just one area. Sustainability uh, is a bigger picture. You know, Intersense, we are a B Corp. Uh, believe it or not, um, there's less than five professional beauty brands that are B Corps. 
Uh, and you know, those are those are the sort of commitments that industry need our industry needs to continue to do to really step up and um, become a bigger part of being socially responsible in our sustainability efforts. Um, and it goes way beyond plastics as well. So for our listeners, tell them what a B Corp is. A B Corp, a B Corp is a certification that a brand or a company will achieve um, through a series of pillars, right? Not only in your business practices, in your management uh, practices, in your sustainability, in your supply chain practices, um, all the way through, and um, also in your people and planet initiatives uh, and uh, that's internal and external uh, and it creates uh, a series of um, global measurements um, that um, holds brands to account at a much higher level and it's an audited process the brand is audited or a company is audited against these standards uh, on a, a biannual basis so it's really requires a sustained commitment from a company to be a part of B Corp. Um, I'm really proud to say that, um, you know, that, that um, you know, uh, we're part of, um, of the, 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 the Be Beautiful, um, Be Beauty um, uh, Coalition, which was um, spearheaded by Davinus, which we're very uh, grateful for them taking the initiative to drive this as well. Uh, but what they're doing is um, they're helping uh, bring together industry, raw ingredient, packaging, brands, uh, all together so that we are collaboratively communicating, sharing ideas and innovation with each other so we can continue to bring sustainability uh, at all levels to the next phase within our industry. And so that's that's an important element and it's a big commitment. It's beyond just profits and, and it's about people and planet, which I think is really kind of the bigger mission um, that brands uh, and companies that are really supporting these initiatives really focus on. You know, um, you, you sound like a professor of <laughs> organic chemistry, <laughs> but so much more because it relates to obviously everything that I do every day by touching products and feeling it and see it. But mm -hmm. I know your products, I mean, all of this that is so wonderful, the, the most beautiful thing is it delivers the, the results that you promise when you say this is a shampoo that does this this and this or this is the the reconditioning da 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 you actually deliver and i love it that you are the person who oversees the production of it and where you're accessible to people like me a salon owner that if i have a question i can call you directly and i get answers so you know that that is one of the the real beauty quote unquote beauty i love that right uh, of of your company and you because you're passionate and you share that so i want to ask you though tell me what products you started with when you first started your company obviously you had the shampoo and then and then what made you expand and 
what did, where was your thought process and building this business? So, I mean, initially we did introduce shampoos and conditioners, and that was kind of our, our core products. Um, the chemistry um, for styling products didn't come about, you know, until about four years after we introduced our products. Uh, and so we were very grassroots. We were, you know, uh, I think that uh, we found an early adapter and both at the professional level and at the consumer level, uh, and then, you know, continued to just build and scale products as new ingredients and new manners in which we curated and processed ingredients and bring them together. Again, we 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 produce, we formulate products without utilizing the commonly used synthetics that hold things together. So the, the margin is much tighter. And so uh, it, it takes a long time to formulate products, but working with new materials to get them to perform, you know, at the level that you as a professional stylist expect, and then your, your very discerning customer expects, it's really important. So we really focus on that, but it starts at the source, right? It starts, starts where, where 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 we're harvesting from, how we are processing. A lot of our ingredients are cold pressed and distillated to ensure that they're not exposed to, again, the commonly used chemicals that, that are found, whether it be solvents or uh, ethylene oxides or formaldehyde-based uh, 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 ingredients. And we bring those ingredients at a very raw state into our products. And, and for those of you who haven't experienced them, one of the things that you'll find is about how concentrated and emollient the product is. And the reason for that is that I always tell people water is always the first and cheapest ingredient in the bottle. And 90% of the brands out there, their water content is anywhere between 75 to 85%. Uh, and you need to use a lot of product to get it to work. But InnerSense products, our average water content is less than 44%. So because of the fact that we're not utilizing the synthetics to hold things together, we're relying on the products to really hold themselves together and maintain stability, but then maintain, uh, again, uh, an efficacy and a performance value that's really important. Um, I think one of the other nice things, Sheila, when I go into a salon and I start talking about clean hair care, first question I ask beauty and wellness professionals is how do your hands feel at the end of the day? Right? So yeah. how do your I mean, hands feel at the end of the day? <laughs> and I say, if your hands feel dry and cracked and you're ready to just like lather them, well, that's exactly how your client's hair feels because the very product you've been working with all day is the very product you're putting in people's hands. And what I do is as I'm talking about my products, I'm putting product in people's hands, especially salon professionals. And I don't let them get up. I don't let them go to the sink. I don't let them towel off. I put everything from shampoo to conditioner, styling products in their hands. And at the end of 45 minutes, they'll have anywhere between four to five to six different products in their hands. And they can't uh, believe how good their hands feel. Yeah. Right. And to yeah. me, that that is really when I'm formulating products and I the first thing I'm doing is I'm always putting things in my hands. And then when I'm in the salon, uh, in our offices, I'm really working the product in the hair. I'm more focused on the condition of the hair from the inside out 
And of course I needed to perform. I needed to hold style. I needed to hold shape. I needed to hold, you know, I, I needed to have shine all those things that you look for, but it can be accomplished without all of the gun, again, the commonly used cosmetic ingredients. So that's where my passion lies on, on the formulating side. It's really everything from cradle to grave and really understanding the source, how it's being processed uh, and how it's, uh, and how we're producing it to bring it into our bottles. That to me is something that I live every day. Um, and so you might say I'm a winemaker for shampoo. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can relate to that, but you know the thing that I noticed uh, about your product when I first used it was the viscosity of the mm. of the products. They're rich and they're and they they flow. Their the emollients in it is just so nice. And you're right, you don't feel like you have to get it off of your hands right away. You know you can almost rub it in. Uh, mm. There's quite a difference, and uh, I think that if you compared it to other products, you would see the the difference. Uh, but you're right. At the end of the day, uh, how we feel about our hands and, and our own hair like uh, is, is like we're, um, I don't know. I, I always say if I don't want to put it on my hair and I don't want to put it, my hands in it, I certainly can't put it on somebody else's. Right. And your products really deliver. Uh, I love them. So I know that um, you've got new products coming to market uh, soon. Uh, I don't know if you can talk about that. And if you can't right now, then I'm definitely going to ask you to uh, schedule a podcast that when we can talk about it, because I'm really, really, really excited about the little bit of news that I heard that is a possibility. And uh, so <laughs> I'm going to leave it at that so that everybody out there will know that if you can't talk about it just yet, they're going to have to tune in and listen to the next chapter of what you're going to bring right. to the. Well, I will, I will give you this tease that for four years, I've been working on uh, color chemistry and really bringing about um, uh, um, the next generation in color chemistry. And we are so very excited. Um, we will be introducing color purity uh, in May of this year. And I definitely want to come back and speak to it because look, uh, this is not going to be the color line that replaces your entire color line, but it's going to address that need for that client really wanting to work with a color line uh, that meets a higher, cleaner standard. And I, I think that uh, uh, the results will speak for themselves, but more importantly, it will add to your color portfolio to address the needs of that very customer. Uh, that that um, is highly sensitive uh, uh, to color uh, that um, uh, eliminates the majority of uh, ingredients that are now beginning to be suspect. And more importantly, we're utilizing a whole new base of pigment chemistry, as well as a green base, which is very unique and proprietary uh, to us. So uh, um, I'm excited to come back and talk more about it with you. Well, the thing that I'm really excited about is, is as much of a, a genius as you are speaking <laughs> about products, I mean, you know, the, the, the chemistry of hair color is always fascinating to me, especially mm. any type of products. But I know that you are going to be such an educator on um, hair color. 
when you come out with your line because you're you're just that passionate about everything that you do and I, I'm I'm thrilled I'm so thrilled about it and I hope that we have you presenting it on our uh, intercultural stage as soon as possible so that everybody can get a chance to see it and feel it and okay and but I can't wait. I want to ask you one more thing before we go off. I want to ask you about uh, the statecosmetics.org, you know, because we had talked about that. And um, if anybody's interested in learning more about uh, cosmetics and, and the laws and everything, is that a good site for them to go to? Absolutely. I think that, you know, the majority of beauty professionals don't understand that the United States is the only industrialized country without a safe cosmetic standard. Um, and, um, you know, we are among a handful of cosmetic brands that are driving safe cosmetic legislation um, through both at the state level and at the federal level. The last time the, uh, the Congress passed any type of cosmetic legislation was 80 years ago. And it was a single page with four bullet points on it. And uh, the uh, Beauty Council um, basically is an independent, good old boy uh, group of, um, uh, you know, uh, group that basically has really driven cosmetic legislation or cosmetic um, uh, um, standards for the last 80 years. Um, but safecosmetics.org is an organization out of San Francisco. It's part of Breast Cancer Prevention Partners. We're huge philanthropists of that. Joanne and I sit on the safecosmetics.org advisory board. Uh, we're very much uh, constantly lobbying for safe cosmetic standards, um, both at the state and currently at the federal level, as there's four um, federal cosmetic uh, bills that are just now floating through Congress uh, to make sure that we are really driving transparency in formulas, uh, fragrance disclosure acts that are just now becoming available, um, labeling. Do uh, you know that you know the beauty industry? We don't have to label the back of our products um, it, if they're sold throughout a professional salon. So I think that there's a lot of a lot there. PFASs. Other scientifically proven harmful ingredients um, that continue to be very prevalent in the very products that we work in day in and day out. Um, it's really fascinating. So we are very passionate about helping drive um, this new legislation and begin to drive the FDA to have oversight, as well as um, forcing the EPA to start doing more chemical and cosmetic testing to ensure safety at every level. Um, so I definitely highly encourage you because this is an amazing resource is safecosmetics.org. Get yourself educated because your consumer is. Uh, and I think that you also need to understand what the most suspect ingredients are because they definitely have uh, um, very much um, a direct impact to you and your health. And I won't speak directly to this, but I know a number of members who've come to InnerSense because they have, you know, had major health issues over the last five years. And it's through that, that they've become much more self-educated uh, in understanding what the health risks are. And uh, this is not to say that 
you know, we produce bad products or anybody does, but I think that it's the sum of the whole that we all just need to be aware of and make sure that uh, the, the states and the government uh, together really support um, developing standards that mirror, say, the EU certification standards right. that 90% of brands do. Look, Iran has a safety standard. <laughs> You know, I can't go into, you know, 90% of, of European countries without filling out very stringent uh, cosmetic safety data information and database this information um, before I can sell products. So I would think that the United States being the largest economy in the world wouldn't have that kind of a standard. So anyway. I'll get off my soapbox there. <laughs> no, no, I love your soapbox. I am right there with you. And I, I will lead the parade as you, we put you on your box and just take you through our industry because I, I so admire you and I, I support you. And I would love to have you back on and talk a little bit more about all this as we go through the journey with you, especially coming out with hair color and, and all of the things that I think that, uh, people like me as a salon owner really need to know to move forward into the beauty business and stay as successful in the business as we have been. Um, I want to um, tell you again how much I, I admire you and your, your passion. And I am so happy that you're a member of Intercorfura and I'm so thankful that you are in our our industry and making things better for all of us. And uh, I, I can't wait to have you back on again. And we are gonna have a series of these because you are so passionate and so educated and I could just sit and listen to you all day. So uh, I appreciate it. Is there anything that you want to pass on as uh, maybe um, to give us a, an inspiration of where we are in the industry right now, uh, coming off of this crazy last three years? Well, I will tell you this. Um, we are one of the most resilient beauty industry. I mean, the beauty industry is resilient, right? And right. Um, I think that the beauty economy has bounced back. It's stronger than ever. Um, you know, I know that we're going through a lot, but, you know, women... This is a ritual for women. Beauty is a ritual. And I think it, uh, as I travel around the world, you know, the world, world, I think that the shift in, in our industry is that, you know, we need to kind of get back to self-care and bring that into the salon space as uh, a practice because that gives your customers a greater experience uh, and um, I'm seeing that more and more as, as, as salons are starting to just not be so hustle and bustle, but kind of uh, having more intention with their customers. And I think, you know, it's all about customer experience today, and that's what customers want. But I think that, you know, we're continuing to thrive. People want to continue to have that human touch, that human connection, and they want to be beautiful. And you know what? That's what we do. We make people feel and look beautiful all day long. And, um, you know, uh, I think that we just have to continue to just hold the faith there. And um, I continue to be really bullish. So, uh, you know, we, we're doing great as an industry. And um, 
uh, I think everybody should feel really good about that. I think the one thing that uh, is loud and clear, especially after the last three years, is that the beauty business is definitely an essential part of our life. We're, we can never be called non-essential again because it it is not vanity it is a necessity to make sure that you feel and look good every day just for your mental psychic so i think it just makes us healthier all around and we think that we look better feel better our hair feels better you know i just yeah we're definitely an essential part of this uh life journey right and our mission now and your mission sheila is to continue to inspire the next generation yes Right. Yes. And I think that 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 is going to be our number one challenge, both at the manufacturing level and within our industry. So I'll leave it there. <laughs> all right. Well, I am definitely going to have you back and we're going to be talking about all of the new things that you're going to be doing. And uh, I will definitely um, be looking forward to having you in and of course, you're in April in Vegas. I'm going to plug Can't that a wait. little bit. Got to I'm do a little commercial there. here. I know. And uh, have you on some of these roundtables so that all of the members and uh, the industry can hear you and just follow what you're doing because you're definitely a, a, a wonderful leader. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. And I appreciate um, your company, InterSense Organic yeah. Beauty. Thank you, Sheila. Thank you, everybody, for hearing me. Have a wonderful day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Sound good? Okay. Thank good. you, Sheila. Thank you. It was great. I'm telling you, I, I could just come and shadow you and just listen to you. You, are, you, you should be in every school. Every young person coming to this industry should have to have a course with you before they even get into this industry because they would appreciate it and understand it so much better. Might take a while, but I'm telling you, you've got to do something to help incorporate this type of information into the school systems as well. I'll help you. I mean, I just, I can't tell you. I got goosebumps on some of the stuff that you were talking about and it just needs to be out there more. No, I appreciate it. You know, I, it's really kind of funny. I was, I had a, a, a great conversation with Gerard from Hairbrain. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm not so sure if I, I told you my history as a child in the beauty industry. Did I? Uh, you're from the family of, of hairdressers, right? Well, my mother was a, a, a very successful makeup artist in Beverly Hills. Right. And I grew up around the, the likes of Gene Shakov and Larry Bowser and Dusty Fleming and Vidal Sassoon. And I actually, I actually swept hair in Gene Shakov's salon. So I knew those guys. I was, I was a kid. I was a baby. Right. So, but you know, it was fun. Right. And so it was right. very impressionable to me. And so, you know, and, and so it's not, it's not, surprising that I, I just was a part of my blood growing up and and I found a passion into it as I became an adult uh, and as I said one of the most impressionable people that I ever worked with was Zanon uh, and um, oh my gosh you know, yeah so um, I mean just just to have a podcast on being a legacy in this industry I mean oh my gosh those are yeah. names and stories that 
we have to pass on to the people that's coming into the industry now. Just so I, I don't know if they even know those names or even people like that anymore. You know, that was, I mean, how I am so like, like hyperventilating now that, that you have all of that history <laughs> and we just well, have to talk about that more and share. Yeah. I, I know. And I think, yeah, I think, I mean, I think the only other thing I, and coming from our last conversation with regards to you getting to these kids in beauty schools, I just think that yeah. they need to know that there's more beyond going to work at supercuts for them in this industry. They just right. have to want to want it. You have to go and work for it. But it's the difference between being a minimum wage stylist and being a hundred thousand dollar a year stylist. They've got to know that there's a path for it. Yes. So, yeah. And, anyway. and you know, you can't, you can't teach creativity and you can't teach passion that has to be cultivated from within. And you yeah. just have to give them the pathways to develop that, you know, if yeah. they are, if there's just a little bit of a spark, how do we ignite it and make it a big fire? So I think that's, that's the, the fun part of having these new people around and also the, um, also an awesome responsibility because I don't want them to get in and then leave after three or four years. Uh, I want them to come in and stay and then, you know, and meet people like you. And I love to introduce all of these young, innocent, young people to people like you that's got this, this amazing amount of information and, you know, just makes them want to be even better. So yeah, that's going to be my, my next um, job is to have well, some, some type of seminar where we introduce the the newbies to the season. <laughs> well, anytime you need me to show up at a beauty school, you just let me know. Okay. Hey, don't tell <laughs> okay. me that because, you know, I'm on a real mission now to try to get I some know you schools are. changed. And get I some can fully support that. Okay. Thank you for joining us for the ICA Podcast 9 podcast. Be sure to tune in next week for more industry insight and information. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast too and share it with your friends in the industry. Our only goal is to bring people together and share information with those that need it. Intercoiffure America Canada is proud to be the voice for salon owners. For more information about us, visit intercoiffure.com. That's intercoiffure.com.